Tabernacle. There's uh, my wife is in Houston helping her mother, and uh, and there's several that are sick today, and even Sister Carol trying to sing. Her voice is kind of left her. These allergies are going around, and uh, so we need to pray for one another. Amen. Amen. Texas has a lot of uh, something in the air. Praise God. And is our sister here? Amen. There you are. I didn't see you sitting back there. Praise God. And uh, I am just so glad you're here today. And I want to just present, amen, to Sister Tara Martinez, her certificates. Praise God. Amen. On the 4th of December, God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And we had, I just figured she had the Holy Ghost, praise God. But that was the first time. Amen. I tell you, God can do it even right now. You don't get to choose when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. And so we have her Holy Ghost certificate. And then in Acts chapter 10, when the Gentiles had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as the evidence, amen. Then Peter said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So last week, Sister Tara was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we want to present you these certificates. Amen. When, when uh, you meet St. Peter at the pearly gates, make sure you take these with. No. <laughs> it's your passport to heaven. Amen. I'm just teasing about the certificates. Uh, for all of our guests that may say, what's going on here? Amen. Would you like to testify? Amen. She wants to testify. You may be seated. God bless you. brings her little girl up to be anointed you may be seated and so when I anointed her I put a little oil on my finger you know, the Bible talks about anointing with oil you need prayer if you're sick and so I put a little oil on her little forehead so every time I, I go up to her she goes <laughs> she wants she wants that anointing praise God. how many want the anointing today <laughs> hallelujah amen Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We No, I'm not going to start singing. Skyler says, here we go. Praise God. (laughs) 
I might just get a little Joe spirit still up here. <laughs> We're glad Kojak's here. Amen. This is a friend of Kristen. Praise the Lord from Africa. Praise God. Amen. We're glad you're here. She told me, she says, my friend may come today. He comes into the credit union. Amen. And he speaks French. Praise God. So we need to reach out to that French-speaking community. In the name of Jesus. And we're glad Sister Sally's here. Amen. It's been 17 years. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here with us today. 17 years ago, we baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ. God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And she is out of the Muslim faith. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost is for the Muslims too. Baptism in Jesus' name is for the Muslims too. Jesus died for all of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is Brother Ragabeer's uh, daughter-in-law. And uh, Brother uh, Prem has passed away, but, but uh, she is married to Prem, uh, Brother R uh, Ragabeer's son. Amen. And so God is so good, isn't he? Praise God. We're thankful for the mercy, for his grace. Hallelujah. Can we just love him one more time? Would you just lift your hands and love him? Lord, we love you. We lift our hands to you. We're grateful for all that you're doing right now in this service, God. Amen. 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 If you feel something, I'm telling you, the Lord is in this place. He's in this house. We don't want to be so well programmed that we don't allow the Holy Ghost to move through here. For God to do his part. Amen. If you'll reach out to him, he'll reach out to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I never saw him in the Gospels turn anybody away that came for him. Some had to beat through crowds. Amen. Some had to cry out with loud voices. Amen. But when, he, when they got his attention, he never turned them away. Praise God. Amen. I do need to announce this. Uh, uh, February the 1st at 6.30, there will be a church meeting here. And uh, just some to um, things the board has voted on and uh, needs just some um, another vote from the church. Praise God. And so that will be at 6.30, February 1st, a meeting here at the church. And then Brother Wilson will be here with us. Brother Eugene Wilson will be here. He's written several books. He'll have his newest book with him. But he'll be here Friday at 7.30. It will be leadership teaching. It won't be uh, like a church service. It will be teaching, just pure teaching. But everybody's welcome that wants to come. And then Saturday at 10, we'll be having breakfast here. And he'll be teaching again. At, it'll be at 10 o'clock. And, uh, and so he'll be teaching again. And then Sunday morning, he'll be teaching the adult Sunday school class and preaching. Amen. In the service, in, the, in, the, in our service. And then he'll be doing the Spanish service also. Praise God. So, amen. So he is excellent. 
and you won't want to miss Brother Eugene Wilson. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. God is good. You say, where do we go from here? Amen. Where do we go from here? Amen. I, I just believe that God wants to touch somebody today. Amen. I believe he wants to touch and he wants to minister. I was looking at Karina. Karina, when did you get back from Japan? Friday? Amen. Her friend just wanted her to go over there. It's nice to have flying privileges, isn't it, Sister Debbie? Praise God. Friend called her up. She just flew over. I said, where's Karina at? Well, she just went to Japan last minute. I thought, wow. Well, you got to be single, too, to be able to do that. Eh? <laughs> Amen. But isn't that a nice blessing? See how God blesses? Praise God. She went to school for missions. Now she's got privileges to be able to fly all over the world. Amen. You make God's business your business. And he'll make your business his business. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and clap your hands to the Lord because he is good. Amen. All eyes were on Europe in the years of 1808 1809 all eyes were on Europe Americans thoughts and minds focused on events taking place on the European mainland Napoleon's new scheme of warfare raged over the Iberian Peninsula and yes all eyes were on the old continent but they should have been on the new continent because in the newly settled frontier of Kentucky two boys were born they were born within miles of each other and they were born within months of each other. Each was also born in a rustic log cabin on America's cutting edge. The similarities don't stop there. The, same, uh, the similarities don't stop between these two boys. Each would later fight in the Black Hawk Wars the Indian Wars, and each would one day serve in Congress for his representative home state. Each would eventually grow up to be president. In fact, each was president at the same time. In February 1809, in a small cabin three miles south of Hodgenville, Kentucky, which is present-day Lower County, a gangly infant was born to the Lincoln family, Abraham by name. He would grow up to be the president of the United States of America. The esteem he held in America's eyes would etch his familiar face into Mount Rushmore. His character was carved into the heart 
and the soul of our great country. Born a few months earlier in present day Todd County, another child was born. He was the 10th child born to Samuel and Jane Davis. Jefferson was his given name. He too would grow up to be president, not of the United States, but the only president of an ill-conceived secession. Jefferson Davis was president of the Confederacy. Both boys were born in Kentucky, a state that was neutral in the Civil War. As a child, Jeff Davis would be carried to the southern state of Mississippi. There, he married the daughter of a wealthy plantation owner. As a child, Abe Lincoln was carried to the northern state of Indiana and later to Illinois. All eyes of the world were on Europe. They watched Napoleon's cross, or they watched Napoleon's march across the history books. But all eyes should have been upon two Kentucky cabins. One cabin was pointed north. The other cabin was pointed south. And that made all the difference in their son's lives and indeed the history not only of our great country but of the world. Today I'd like to preach just a little bit to you in what in which direction is your house pointing? Lot pointed his tent towards Sodom and he took his family there and it made all the difference in the world. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. In Ruth chapter 1 verses 14 through 19 it says, And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And where, there, and where you are buried, I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also. If aught but death part thee and me, and when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? 
Amen. In which direction is your house pointing? From a story's perspective, the book of Ruth is perhaps the most beautiful book in the Bible. Just like the other book named after a woman, the book of Esther. Ruth is a simple story. And adding to its intrigue, it is the rags to riches upward flight of a young Moabite girl named Ruth. Can you shout amen? Now Ruth's story opens with a series of catastrophes. It is a family tragedy spanning five episodes. The story opens with the family of Ahimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons leaving Bethlehem, Israel, if you please, to move to the nation of Moab because Israel was in famine, so they fled. Sometimes, honey, when it's in famine, it's not always time to leave. Maybe the church isn't where it needs to be. Maybe the church is going through a famine, if you please. But that doesn't mean it's time to leave the church. And think you're going to greener fields. Because, Lot, it ain't always as green as you think. Amen. But they bid adieu to their lifelong home. And they departed from Bethlehem. Which the meaning of Bethlehem is the house of bread. And in search of bread. And there they found tragedy. And tragedy often strikes when a family looks for prosperity out there somewhere. The second, third, and fourth installments occur in rapid succession. Ahimelech dies in Mo Moab. The boys marry Moabite women. And then the boys die as well, leaving their wives as widows and their mother without care. The fifth part of this story is where I want to pick up where our text finds us today. So after 10 years in Moab, Three widows turned their faces toward Bethlehem. And Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, amen, Ruth and Orpah, trudged toward Bethlehem. And they reached the border of Moab. And Naomi turned to her daughter-in-laws and said, in effect, you've gone far enough. You've done what you've needed to do. Now go back home. But Ruth and Orpah refused. But later, Naomi again insisted that they return. Orpah cried. She kissed her mother-in-law and turned back to Moab. Ruth, however, refused. And you can almost hear Ruth lifting her voice and crying, I'm not 
going back. Where you go, Naomi, I will go. Amen. Your nation will be my nation. Your God will be my God. Moab is forever behind me. Bethlehem is before us. Praise God. Aren't you glad when you gave your life to Jesus? No time to turn back now. I've come too far. And today, we live in a tremendous clash of cultures, don't we? Moab and Bethlehem, Judah represented an extreme class of, uh, clash of cultures. Uh, the son of Moab, if you know the history of how the Moabites came to be in the nation, it was the son that was named Moab came from an incestuous union between Lot and his own daughter. That's who found it, Moab. And Moab didn't worship the true and living God, but practice Chemosh worship, which required human sacrifices. Bethlehem, however, represents the site of the sinless Christ's entrance into our world. And we too today live in a clash of cultures. How many know it's bad out there? I don't mean to get too political, but you see the choices we had for president. I'm telling you, it's getting bad. Moab and Bethlehem, Judah, amen, were a clash. And today, there is a clash. It can be said that Jeff Davis, Jefferson Davis, and Abraham Lincoln were born in a neutral state. But not so with us. Amen. We live in a morally corrupt society that is more Moabite than it is Judean. Can I have another witness? Can you say amen? We have an immoral mass media. We are powered by an high-octane individualism. Our society is growing increasingly licentious. Amen. We desire instant gratification. Amen. And these combine to shape the minds of most Americans today. Obsessions, lusts, fears, and distrust are the order of the day with today's youth. We need a church. We need a Bethlehem today that we can take refuge in. Government isn't going to stop the moral pollutants of our day. Amen. They not only remain separate from the world in thought and lifestyle. Amen. The church. Praise God. The church must remain separate from thought. It must remain separate in lifestyle. 
Praise God. That's what the early church did. The first century Christians had a rough go of it as well. Many of them giving their lives because their lifestyle was so different than the Roman world. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. Amen. And so we need to practice some of their lessons. They remain separate. If you read the history of in Rome when the early church was there, you know what they were accused of? They were accused of being better than everybody else. They were accused of being unfriendly. I don't know about you, but I think we've got the friendliest church in town. <laughs> Hallelujah. They, they made fun of them for their modest dress. They ridiculed them for their modest dress and them looking different than everybody else. Amen. That's what they did back in the first church of Rome. And when Rome burned, they blamed the Christians. Christians didn't have anything to do with it. But who stayed in Rome when the plague broke out? Amen. And everybody fled. I'll tell you who it was that stayed in Rome. It was the Christians that stayed in Rome. Praise God. Because of the love they have for this world that Jesus died for. Amen. We all need a church home. Praise God. We need to practice some of the lessons of the early church. What did they do? We need powerful churches filled with powerful conversions. It's great when Muslims can be baptized with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we need a little church in our homes. I said we need church in our homes. Praise God. We need praying homes that lead children in the ways of God. Amen. Turn that TV off and pray a little bit. Can you say praise the Lord somebody? The answer to our nation is God-fearing homes. In the United States, there were 4 million divorces in 1970. In the turn of this new century, there were 19 million divorces. Can I tell you something? God is the glue to every marriage. I don't know how marriages make it without God. The Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. You and your wife need to be together and then you need to wrap Jesus Christ around you. He needs to be that third cord in your marriage. Yes, he does. We need God-fearing homes today. We need God back in the school. Well, let me put it this way. We don't need God back in the schools so much as we need God back in the homes. Do I need to say that again? You need to pray with your children. You need to have Bible study with your children. You need to be teaching your children the ways of the Lord. Don't wait on the church to do it. Praise God. Don't wait on Sunday school to do it. Amen. We need to do it as moms and as dads. Praise God. We tried to practice that. Praise God. We weren't perfect at it. But if we failed, we got back up again. Amen. 
What is a godly home? What is a godly home? If a couple heads the home, I would say that it begins with a scriptural marriage. Everybody hear me? A scriptural marriage. I'm sorry I have to preach this in 2017, but two men aren't married. Two women together aren't married. A scriptural marriage is one man, one woman, one lifetime. Can somebody shout amen to that? Hallelujah. We're not going to let them redefine what God established in the beginning. We may have to get to the point where we can only marry people in the church. We can't marry anybody outside because chances are they're going to sue us for discrimination if we refuse to marry a homosexual couple. Amen. We need to be willing to go to jail for some things, I guess. But marriage is between a man, amen, and a woman. Praise God. And from the beginning, it was one woman. Not polygamy. The Bible says God winked at their ignorance before, but he winks no longer and commands all men to repent. Amen, somebody. It's a scriptural marriage. It begins with a scriptural marriage. A godly a home is filled with love and compassion according to Ephesians chapter 5. A godly home has uh, obedient children or we're trying to make them obey. <laughs> the preacher the preacher was talking about they were talking about pain and, and at the conference and and uh, he got up and, and he was talking and but many were just it was very transparent. You think preachers don't go through the same hurts as we do, if not more sometimes. And sometimes we lose our children. Praise God. This world, the devil plays dirty, my friend. He don't play fair. They're talking about time out and touching and thought it was so funny because he said, Yeah, my my dad He'd call timeout. Say, timeout to give you a whipping. <laughs> Hallelujah. But even there is that touching brother, amen, of, of knowing my parents love me enough. I used to tell Kristen she hated it, but I used to tell her, I love you too much to let you do that. I love you too much to let you get away with that. Praise God. So even there, God is loving us. And a godly home has God as its center, according to Joshua. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve, no matter what everybody else chooses. We pray before dinner in this house. Hallelujah. We pray in this house. We read God's word in this house. We go to church in this house. Can everybody say amen? amen? How powerful is a godly home? I ask you that question. I want you to know it is more powerful than the entire world. The entire arsenal of hell. Amen. And all the forces of debauchery and wickedness. A godly home is more powerful. Rome fell, but the church still stands. Amen. The Moab culture was built on incest. But the New Testament shows place 
that had a similar problem. Corinth in your New Testament was a city. In Corinthians chapter 5, it shows the problems that they had and faced in that city. Corinth was a fashionable resort city. It was also infamous, infamously filled with prostitution and immorality. And it was condoned by the, their religion. The city was dedicated to twin goddesses, just like all cities are. Mammon and Aphrodite. And if I need to translate that for you, money and sex. On a hill overlooking the city, the temple reigned. And each evening, hundreds of temple prostitutes from these temples would converge upon the city below to ply their trade. Paul built a church in such a city. And yet in the heart of that hedonistic city, Paul built a powerful, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost-filled church of the living God. I'm telling you, we can have revival in this day. Your family can be saved in this day. Come on, somebody. Do you believe what I'm saying? Do you really believe it? Do you really believe it? Our kids can live for God in this day. Hallelujah. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. The Lincoln home was pointed north. The Davis home headed south. The direction each was pointed had lasting benefits and detriments. By building a godly home, parents, you propel blessings into future generations. The Emancipation Proclamation the Gettysburg Address, the famous second inaugural speech, and the magnanimous terms for ending the Civil War, all of these were made possible because parents chose to point their home in the right direction. Amen. And now I take you to a battlefield in Judah. On one side of the field is a giant named Goliath. How many know that story? On the other side of the field is a young shepherd boy named David. Not according to scripture, but according to Jewish folklore. It was a battle of two cousins. David, the Bible says, was a direct descendant of Ruth. 
Read your Bible. Now, there's no question to that. Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. The Jews say was a direct descendant of Orpah, Ruth's sister-in-law, that stayed in Moab. The decisions, listen to me, the decisions made by two young ladies Thank God. Not only affected them, it affected their children and their children's children. Come on, somebody. We've got to, we've got to quit just thinking about ourselves. Sometimes the right Decision may not bless you so much as it's going to bless those children or those children's children. Can you shout amen, somebody? Well, I'm just not happy. It ain't about you being happy. He said, I don't, God didn't say I come to make you happy. He said, I come to make you holy. Be ye holy as I am holy. He didn't say be as happy as I am happy. Happiness is a byproduct of holiness. Praise God. And there's nothing happy when you know you're going the right direction. And maybe you aren't blessed. And maybe you have it hard. But you see how your children get blessed. And your children's children are blessed. Because you were willing to go in the right direction. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. Where's your house pointing today? Is it pointing to Jesus Christ? Or is it pointing to the world? My God, help us. Thank you, Jesus. David followed after the faith of his great-grandmother, Ruth. Her God was now his God. And he fought in the name of that same God that Ruth, praise God, Amen. Sally, that Ruth decided to follow one day and said, he'll be my God. Amen. Hallelujah. He fought in that same name. You, would, you could say that David's battle, listen to me, you could say that David's battle was won when Ruth pointed her home toward Bethlehem. I have some questions. What direction is your house pointing? Are you putting God first today? Or are you choosing the easy way out? Amen. It ain't easy leaving your home country. The culture, the traditions, the mindset is all so different. When you go from one country to another country. I admired my father-in-law 
who back in 1950 left Mexico. He came and brought, he was going to come and, and get a job and, and, and then send for his wife and he had his first daughter over there, his oldest daughter, Emma, over there. And Vera's mom said, you going? I'm going. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't leaving me back here. Hey, she's probably a wise woman. In other words, you ain't finding no other woman over there. I'm your woman. Amen. Where you go, I go, she said. Praise God. And she did. Not knowing the language. Not really understanding the American culture. And yet came here, moved to Houston, found a job. He worked all sorts of jobs. Learned our language, praise God. And raised eight kids. Thank God. And, he, and, and loves our country. He loves our country. And, 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 and he, he loves what it, it stood for. But yet it wasn't easy for him to do that. And honey, I'm telling you, sir, I'm telling you, when you leave the world and you come into a different culture called the church, it is going to be different. Amen. And church, we need to be understanding for those that come in among us. Amen. That weren't raised like we were raised. But yet they want our God to be their God. Amen. They want to live for Jesus just like we live for Jesus. And we need to love them and accept them and wrap our arms around them because their children or their children's children may slay the giants that come against us in the future. Will you clap your hands to the Lord? Where are you pointing your house? Where are you pointing your house? Don't choose the easy way out. I'm telling you because future generations will pay for it. Don't choose an easier religion. Praise God. Choose the religion of the Bible. Amen. Amen. I promise you, point your home toward God. Watch what happens to you, your children. Your children's children. It takes time. But I'm here to tell you, great blessings will come. I'm glad I pointed my house toward Bethlehem. There's an old song. Would you stand with me? There's an old song that says, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. Ruth had no regrets. It wasn't easy at first. But she ended up marrying a man that blessed her, that loved her. Amen. I'm telling you, we got a man that loves us, that wants to bless us, Tony. His name is Jesus. You think it's easy for Tony? I, I think of Tony, and he, he's, he's going to be up next for the Fiery Five. Praise God. And the culture he left, you think that was easy? It ain't easy. But he's being blessed, isn't he? And if you stay with it, brother, your children will be blessed. Your grandchildren will be blessed. Praise God.
I have no regrets, no regrets. Since I met Jesus Christ, I have no regrets. The only thing that I would have done different, Joe, was made my decision a little bit sooner. Those that have pointed their house toward Moab, those that have pointed their house toward the world, I've ne never met a person on their deathbed. I've never met a person that was older that said, I wished I would have partied more. I wished I would have got drunk more. I wished I would have been promiscuous more. I've never met a person like that. Sometimes, Joe, you just got to wait till you get older before you really understand these things. But you got your house pointed in the right direction. Because a mom and dad one day left Moab. They weren't raised in this thing. Like most of you weren't. If you knew where some of us came from, we'd make that woman that washed Jesus' feet with her hair look good. they decided to leave Moab and said we're going to Bethlehem and we're going to raise our children different we're going to live our lives different and we can see the blessings today you won't regret it where's your house pointed maybe you say pastor I, I don't know I, I'm confused A lot of things I don't understand. And I don't know what direction to go. I think Jesus is reaching out to you right now. And he's saying, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. In other words, you that are confused. And I will give you rest. In other words, I'll bless you. I won't abuse you. I won't harm you. But I'll be your God. I'll be your great shepherd if you'll follow me. Do you want to follow him today? This altar's open. You want to point your house toward him? This house I'm talking about, this house of flesh right here, this body we live in. Lord, I want to point it toward you. I made my decision, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it. Why don't you just come? Say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. Let's just take a few minutes. The young lady here, will somebody come and just bless her? Praise God. Some of these that are kneeling at this altar. Hallelujah. Some of these children. Praise God. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. They're pointing their house at an early age.
home, but just like the prodigal, you can point your house toward home now. You can point your way toward home. Daddy's waiting. Daddy's waiting for you. His arms are open for you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Find somebody. Be that Naomi. Naomi, help Ruth. Naomi, help Ruth understand. Praise God. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, 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 in the name of the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. God's working at this altar. with somebody right now just link up with somebody we need to pray for one another hallelujah 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 you know if Naomi would have felt embarrassed to go back home because of her loss in Moab we wouldn't have a Ruth. And if we wouldn't have a Ruth, we wouldn't have had a David. And if we wouldn't have had a David, we wouldn't have a Jesus. But because she knew where to go, because she knew where to go, she overcame her embarrassment. She overcame her humiliation. And she went back home. It made all the difference in the world. I want us to pray for one another right now before we're dismissed. That God keeps us headed toward home. And not only that, if someone you're praying with 
is headed in the wrong direction that God would turn them around let's pray for one another right now find somebody just let's love each other in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord of Jesus Christ. Keep us pointed in the right direction, Lord. Keep us pointed in the right direction, Lord. Don't let us stray. Don't let us stray, God. Hallelujah. 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 you he loves you his arms are open thank you Jesus can we just give him a big hand praise right now you're dismissed amen you want to keep praying you keep praying this altar's open as always Praise God, but if you need to go, you're dismissed in Jesus' name.